Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Evolution is more than a theory. It is a fundamental scientific principle. You know, there's a scientific term for that. It's called baloney. We are so stupid that we think that just because telephones and computers and cars are intelligently designed, that means we are too. Well, we're not. I don't trust that Richard Dawkins. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. Is the only logical explanation, unless you don't want to believe in science and logic. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we're off. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here. Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. Almost always grateful when you send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. You say, why not always? Shouldn't you be grateful for corrections? Not when it has to do with my beloved. I'm sorry, Jimmy. Could you just take over for a minute? I just can't. What's wrong, Todd? What do you, Deborah sent an email. Uh huh. She took the time to go to the Zaxby's website. Oh, they've got a DEI statement too. Uh. <laughs> Chick Fil A earlier in the week, no doubt you heard uh, the accusations that they have gone now woke because they've got a DEI statement on their website. A lot of people feeling like they've been sold out. I took the opportunity to gloat in Christian love that Zaxby's should have been the evangelical chicken sandwich of choice all along because, well, they would never do such a thing. Well, it appears that they have. Now, what do we do? Are you no longer going to eat at either of those places? What if you go to another chicken store and there seem to be a proliferation of those and they have DEI statements too? Do you cut out all chicken sandwiches? Where do you go to get your stuff? Because I suspect your grocery store has a DEI statement. Target certainly does. Kohl's. Did you see the story about Kohl's? Little kid's t-shirt with a transgender flag and a proud rainbow baby bib. Their website says we are committed to amplifying and affirming the voices of the LGBT community. Celebrating the joy that comes from living authentically. See, there's there's the living your authentic self. Joel Osteen was onto it. You know what? <laughs> that is actually true. Yeah. He was onto he was actually probably not with knowledge, but he was tapping it well, at least not his own knowledge, tapping into the zeitgeist, which is all about releasing the inner you and letting the inside fly the flag of whatever values you hold dear internally on the external. And so living your authentic life, being the real you, do you some you. That's the battle cry of our generation. That's the language it calls living authentically and unapologetically, not just this month, but all year long. Okay, so Coles is now off the table, too. Or maybe, maybe we need to remember that Christians can do commerce with pagans. You say, give me an example. I say, Jacob, sending the boys to Egypt. Now, this is before he knew that Joseph was actually in charge of the food distribution program. Jacob, seeing that that the famine had made its way around the globe, they're going to starve to death. So he sends 10 of the boys 
to go get some food from whom? Pharaoh. Wicked Pharaoh. Godless Pharaoh. Now, it's a historical narrative, but he doesn't seem to have a compunction. Oh, we're going to starve to death or buy food from a pagan. And it might actually help them bolster their military and attack us. Now, we're just going to have to starve to death. No, you, you would starve to death if you don't do business with pagans. And please, don't let your conscience trouble you. What they do with your money, that is on them. You are not culpable for Kohl's, for Target, for Bud Light, for any of it. Now, please don't hear that I'm encouraging you to drink Bud Light. I would have said that long before the whole Dylan Mulvaney business. But the, don't feel like you're sinning if you are participating. Now, should you choose to boycott and not want to participate? Totally up to you in your conscience. Totally up to you. I have seen, unfortunately, a fair number of Christians who try to make their conscience issue your conscience issue. We can't be doing that to one another. There are going to be some who just feel like, I can't do it. I, I can't go to that store. Don't, because you don't want to override your conscience. But you don't want your conscience to be imposed on somebody else's conscience without an explicit teaching that says you shouldn't be going to Chick-fil-A or Zaxby's or Kohl's or Target or Publix or you name it. So let's, let's have the liberty to do that. Don't feel guilty about it. And let's not impose... My thing on your thing. Now, see, for instance, Jimmy, I could do that right now. How so? Well, my my thing might just be preborn ministries. Oh, yeah. And I would say if you're going to be a good Christian, you should be supporting the preborn network clinics where they give free ultrasounds and provide Similac and clothing and they preach the gospel to women. And it's a magnificent ministry that saves lives and it saves souls. It's preborn network clinics. You can learn more and uh, potentially save lives at preborn.org slash wretched. Now, I could say you got to do it because that, that's my thing. I can't do that. Can't do it. Can tell you, encourage you perhaps. But there's a reason the body illustration is used. That we're a body. And if if we all just supported preborn, um, other ministries wouldn't be able to do their good work, and vice versa. So it's up to it's up to each of us. But just know, you are a better Christian if you visit preborn.org/slash/wretched and send questions. Come. Well, that was Deborah who sent that in. She was so funny in her email saying, "Hey, I I went to." You didn't take the time, Friel, to do the research at Zaxby's. No, Deborah, I didn't want to do the research. I just didn't want to know. I just wanted to eat my chicken sandwich and french fries with extra seasoned salt without knowledge. Then you wrecked it for me. And then she said, by the way, Culver's doesn't have a DEI statement. Ah. Ah, they got the best barbecue sauce. You feel like sweet barbecue sauce, not tangy? Sweet barbecue sauce? Get yourself to Culver's. Besides... They aren't commies. <laughs> and send whatever to idea at wretched.org. All right. Uh, this, uh, this question to start with is from Shelby, who said she recently saw the baptism video that was released. And oh, cool. She, yeah. And she says she wants to get baptized. She came to faith in Christ last summer, but I'm struggling. I haven't found a church home yet. Yeah. And it doesn't help that my parent isn't a believer. Yeah. 
How can I get baptized when I don't have a church or a pastor yet? And what are the boundaries of being a Christian under the authority of an unbelieving family? You, you, I, 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 well, okay, there's, a, there's so much there, but let's, let's focus on baptism, if, if we might just keep it to that subject. I think your answer is actually found in the video. If you didn't see the video on baptism, it's Brandon Maya. Brandon, I believe he was a teenager, 16, 17, and he had a stroke at school. Uh, and he has been in a wheelchair. He can't communicate without a computer, so he types everything in, and he then it comes out, and it, oh, zoinks, hard. And he got baptized, and they videotaped it, and we shared it because we wanted to encourage you to get baptized, saying there's no excuse. And there was something that the pastor said, and just just give this a hearing for a moment, because I, I know that this 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 might just rock to a degree or feel like an assault on your conservative sensibilities. The pastor, I, the church where Brandon was in Texas, I suspect normally immersion, you know, the way the Bible prescribes it. And he couldn't because it would be that they couldn't get the the machine that he's in and his trach and all of that. It just so they poured water on him and with a sponge put water on his forehead. So they poured it on his chest and just put a little water on his forehead. And the pastor said something really interesting. He said, "Now just let this just just give this a hearing." He said, "But this is this is good enough for Jesus, right?" And my theology kicked in gear. Hold on a second. If, if, and it's, it's, I do believe immersion is the pattern, but would I make a law? Can't go that far uh, when it comes to sprinkling or pouring. I think that immersion is the baptizo that's described. And this guy said, but this is good enough for Jesus. And you might say, but that's, 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 that's breaking the rule. And I would say, if you believe, let's just say for a moment, it is the rule. Let's just say that it is clear law and they didn't do it. I think I'd be inclined to agree with that pastor because laws are made for man, not vice versa. Now, this does not give us liberty to go about the business of driving 150 on the freeway. This does tell us, though, and we see this with Jesus. When his disciples were tagged, they were breaking a man-made law, but he points back to David who actually broke a law that's in the Bible that his men had to eat the sacrificial bread or they would die. And so we see that there are if the law is bad for man, then you, you work around that, and that's what they did. And that's what I'm going to suggest to you to the young lady who wants to get baptized. It's better if your pastor does it. It's better if a parent does it. Find a believer and ask them to baptize you. Just find somebody near you, somebody that you can you can meet with, and they can baptize you. Is it perfect? No. Is it ideal? No. But I think it's good enough for Jesus. This is Wretched Radio. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's word is trying to teach. How would you 
like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines, they typically make about $12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing, $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know what they say, there's nothing like curling up with a good book. I would like to alter that to there's nothing quite like curling up with a good resource from Wretched.org. But have you ever thought about taking that a step further? Don't worry, we're not talking about anything crazy like selling your car to fund our ministry, unless you really want to. See, we've got this amazing group of people called Gospel Partners who help us to reach millions all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're not saying to you that you have to become a Gospel Partner partner, but it is certainly worth a prayerful consideration. Take our friend Mark, for example. He recently wrote in to say, quote, your willingness to address all topics regardless of popularity is what keeps me coming back to wretched. So are you ready to help us tackle even more possibly unpopular topics with grace and truth? Well, becoming a gospel partner is simple and easy. Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry, 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Books of the Bible. Deuteronomy means second law. As the Israelites prepared to enter the promised land after wandering 40 years, God reminds them of how he rescued them from Egypt, what he commands in his law, and the blessings and curses that come with keeping or breaking his law. God is faithful to provide the inheritance he has promised to his children. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hello, I'm your friendly neighborhood heretic, here on Wretched Radio, which somebody might be thinking because a young man, a quadriplegic, gets baptized and doesn't paint the perfect picture of dying to self and being raised to new life in Christ. Jesus being put in the ground, coming back up out of the earth, rising to life. Baptism is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It is a picture that we identify with him. We are dead to self. We are now alive to Christ. It is a beautiful picture when people are immersed. And I think the pattern of the book of Acts is immersion. I think you can also make the case pretty strongly from a Greek word study on baptizo, 
how it's used and knowing that there are alternative words that would indicate sprinkling or pouring is fine. Now, having said that, I don't I don't I don't think somebody's a heretic if they sprinkle or pour. I believe that's the biblical pattern. And let's say you have that conviction and this young man he didn't paint the picture because he couldn't put his massive wheelchair, electronic wheelchair into a jacuzzi. Furthermore, it would harm him because of the tubes and the and the, all of the 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 vulnerabilities that he has. And so they poured water on him. And the pastor said something. I'm telling you, it hit my ear hard. It's like, whoa, okay, I got to, let me just, yep, he's right. This is good enough for Jesus. Because it's not about painting the picture. It's about the heart that desires to paint the picture. Jimmy, you had a great, can we, (laughs) can we rewind this and try this again? Yeah. You had a great comment during the break. What did you say? Uh, I said the question here is, um, at least for me, is do you think Brandon would have been fully immersed if he was able to? Exactly. Sure. Of course. Yeah. And so that kind of takes heart, heart heart. Right. Please send your responses if and you like to idea at wretched.org. All right. This is from Anonymous. Todd, how can I open up about my struggles at home with my family to my close friends who are there for me? I live in a home with lots of yelling and gossip, okay. but I also don't want to cross the line into mm-hmm. gossiping or slandering my family members. That is a tough line. That is a really tough line. We are given permission to let others bear our burdens. Now, how does that happen? It it can be at a bare minimum. They just listen. It could be that they enter in and help. It could be that they dive in and they take over. So we have permission to unburden our hearts with one another, but have to be careful that the pain that is evoking those emotions and sentiments isn't expressed in a way that diminishes, decreases, slanders, murders somebody that you love. So can it be done? Yes. But I think that, and I think this is perhaps the best we can do is that while we're doing it is we are examining our heart and and be careful because our hearts, they can be a little deceptive, don't you know? We can say, look, hey, I don't want to gossip about my mother-in-law, but... You won't believe what you... Now, this isn't gossip or anything, but... Okay, ask yourself some questions. How's my heart doing? Why am I sharing this? What are the implications for that person? Is it going to cause the individual to have decreased respect or affections for that person? Um, Do I really have to share this? Could you make things generic instead? Could you not aim it specifically at somebody and then even ask the person, hey, I'm going to share something with you. I've thought this through another component here. Here's what's going on in my world. Please, if you think at any point that I'm gossiping, would you stop me? Because I, I don't want this to be that I, genu- I genuinely don't. Here's my struggle. Then he said this. He said that, and, the, and how, how would you resolve this? Which would be another question you could ask yourself. Why am I doing this? Am I expecting to get something back or am I just dumping? I do believe we can just dump sometimes. Too often, it's just dumping on somebody else. 
And we simply want to avoid that and holding each other accountable while we do that is probably about the best thing that you can do as you go about unburdening your heart or mine by sending emails to idea at wretched.org. Okay, our next question from Denisha. Todd, is there any truth in the statement that God congratulates us on our accomplishments? I recently heard that uttered at a Catholic school graduation ceremony of a friend, and I've been thinking on it ever since. Um, God congratulates us on the things that we accomplish because of his mercy, grace, and strength. Not so sure I'd phrase it that way. Now, lingo, contemporary language, can God be pleased in a way that maybe we don't understand? When his children have applied themselves, they did things for his glory, and they accomplished something, I, I, I just don't personally care to dive that deeply into the mind of God. To the heart of God, uh, we we have a tendency we, we we put up these celebratory markers, and I don't think that we should impose those on God. God is pleased with us every day in Christ. Every day, He can't be actually more pleased with you. He can't be like, you know, I do like Jimmy, but wow, the job he did on Greg Gifford's Transform podcast, I congratulate him. <laughs> I really like you today. That is not theologically sound, even warm. You can't be more affirmed by God than you are. When you don't graduate, you're still affirmed if you're in Christ. When you get an F, you're affirmed in Christ. When you get an A, you're affirmed in Christ. No more, no less. God is always pleased with you in Christ. Please send pretty much whatever you want, as long as it doesn't involve Zaxby's to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one is uh, anonymous as well. Uh, it, it, she asks, uh, or, or he asks, I can't tell you if it's a he or she because it's anonymous, but uh, is raising girls to be strong against or supported by biblical principles for parenting? In what regard? Uh, well, I think uh, he, he's got uh, strong quoted, so I think. Yeah, so, you know, one of the things, that, I think this has always been the case, Historically, just with human communication, agreeing on words, but probably no more so than today with the semantic range of when strong actually means atrophied. Well, what? I The word is the thing with the. So if you mean strong in faith, yes. Strong in convictions, absolutely. Strong in beliefs and values, yep. Strong in their devotion to the Lord, absolutely. Strong in the way that they do things, yes. But if you mean a worldly strong in that you would be deemed tough by the world, got to be careful. We do not let the world tell us how we're doing. This, this goes back to the, to the gender distinction. When it comes to identifying if you're being masculine or feminine, who's going to tell you how you're doing? It's not the world. Don't ever let the world tell you how you're doing. Now, we need to understand the world is going to try to tell us. And in general, and cultures change, but in general, snapshot at this moment, this is basically the way that we look at boys and girls, how they behave, how they act, etc. This is how they dress. These are their activities. These are their occupations, generally. And we work to conform ourselves inside of those if the Bible 
is either affirming them or doesn't condemn them in a way that is like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. We can we can slot into society, but only in as far as the Bible gives it a stamp of approval, because the world is Hans and Franz. Remember those two from Saturday Night Live? That's manly. And by the way, Arnold Schwarzenegger, apparently he doesn't know much about the afterlife, but he knows there isn't one. Don't know if you saw that. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a second. You're saying I know I I'm not an expert on these things, but I know for sure you ain't going anywhere after you die. How bleak. And Danny DeVito joined in. They're just, they're just lost. But Arnold, he was a man, right? No. He wasn't a man based on how much he could bench press or how he posed. Now, he had more masculine physical attributes, being muscle mass and strength, but that doesn't make you a man. It, it, you can grow a beard by just taking a nap in a lazy boy, and another guy can't. You more manly? Well, no, you've got something that is just more of a, a masculine attribute, perhaps, but it, that doesn't make you man. The Bible says you're a man. The Bible says this is how you are supposed to be strong. So if you mean a worldly strong, like she's tough, she can do it. She can be the head of anything. She's not going to take guff from nobody. No, if you want to pick it that fine. But the point is, that's that's the world telling you what strong is. I don't want to raise my daughters that way. I want to raise my daughters biblically strong. And if you are a young person, daughter or son, that's what you want to Learn to reject what the world says about you. Just, sorry, your opinion just doesn't matter. Now, I'm going to be cool about living in this culture because this is where I am, and I don't want to become a stumbling block to the gospel. Hence, Romans 9, I become all things gone that I might win. So, but don't let the world conform you. Let God do that. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Our first story comes from everyone's favorite restaurant for biscuits, gravy, and now social commentary. According to an article, Cracker Barrel has taken to Facebook to express their support for LGBT Pride Month. You know, the month formerly known as June. They posted a picture of a rainbow rocking chair. And even the porch furniture is not immune to the rainbow revolution. A rocking chair? I guess that's a simple of progress if I've ever seen one. In related news, the Air Force has been seen promoting images of soldiers saluting the pride flag. Is that the flag they put their lives on the line to protect? And sticking with the theme of Pride Month, the month formerly known as June, sports apparel giant Nike, well, they're celebrating in their own way because they've partnered with a doctor who performs mastectomies on adolescent girls. From Nike to knives. Obviously, their slogans just do it, but perhaps the better question is should we? From Christian Headlines, a preacher who was arrested recently for disorderly conduct during a Pride event has had his charges dropped. The preacher's words ruffled a few feathers at the event, but it is good to know that free speech hasn't entirely flown the coop. 
In church news, more from the United Methodist Church denomination, the Conference of Kentucky has approved the disaffiliation of 286 churches. 286. I, I would like to know if anyone has a total count, a total tally of the number of churches, the hundreds or thousands probably by now of churches that have disaffiliated from the UMC overall. And finally, from California, the San Francisco Sheriff's Office has come under fire because they had a rather cringeworthy pride flag raising ceremony. Yeah, it seems like their attempts to virtue signal and hoist the banner of inclusivity, it fell kind of flat. Maybe law enforcement should stick to, I don't know, enforcing the law? That's a novel idea. Well, that has been your Wretched News Break for today. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. The fruit of the Spirit is evidence that God is working in us. Every believer will evidence this fruit. But it is important to remember that bearing fruit is a consequence of salvation, not a requirement for salvation. God is working in us and through us, and He is the source of this fruit, not us. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome to As the Southern Baptist Convention Turns. This is Wretched Radio. You can't write a soap opera like the one we are likely to witness next week in Nolens, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. One word, Nolens. What's going on next week? The Southern Baptist Convention convention. Oh, seriously, I, I, I don't I don't know that you need to go on a fast, but we should be praying for the SBC. Yeah. It's going to be a big week. There are a lot of issues on the table and there are really powerful forces that I think are coalescing to try to swamp and overturn the Baptist faith and message that was codified in the year 2000. Rick Warren, he seems determined to have women being pastors. Now, they're they're using a little semantic trick. No, not senior pastor, but an associate pastor or junior pastor or preaching pastor or teaching, but whatever it happens to be, pastor. Sorry, a pastor is... An office, and it doesn't matter what adjective you put in front of it. A doctor who deals with feet versus a doctor who deals with fingers, still a doctor. And so it is with the office of elder. Rick Warren seems determined to persuade people that after his Bible studies, and I I am quite certain he spent a lot of time studying the Bible because he uses like 300 translations (laughs) when he's doing that, and he is telling the SBC, um, coming at you, Saddleback Church should be reinstated, and I want to persuade, he's just saying, I want to persuade the SBC, women should be pastors. That is a big deal, because if the SBC goes that way, that that will be apostasy taking place, and Because Rick Warren, his popularity, I think, is still pretty robust in the SBC, it could be a pretty big split because people who maybe were purpose-driven churches, they benefited from his work, whatever, in association, maybe received money from, they've got to either choose Rick or the Southern Baptist. It could be a split. We should be praying about that. We don't want that. Whether you're SBC or not, we don't want that, by the way. Ufta. That's right. I said Ufta. 
Heath Lambert. Got it right here. Heath Lambert. You know Heath. His book. Going to be talking about that more one of these days. So good. He was the former president of the ACBC. Now he is the senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Jacksonville, which must be SBC because he's commenting on it. You got to know, Heath Lambert, when you think shepherd, this is a guy that should be in the pantheon in your imagination. It's like, okay, got it. He's theologically sound, but he's pastoral. Quote, Southern Baptists need to pray for Rick Warren. That's a strong statement. That's, that's saying a man is in danger here. And that is true. He is exalting himself above God's word, standing against scripture, and is urging others to follow him into the black night of faithlessness. Whoo, baby. Let's see what happens with the role of women, Rick Warren, Saddleback Church, at the SBC convention next week. Did you read about the... Wow, this, this really is as the SBC turns. Now, two years... You know this stuff better than I do, Jimmy. Uh, two years ago, uh-huh. Mike Stone ran against... Ed Litton. And lost. Right. And then the next year... Mike Stone nominated Tom Askell, right, who ran against Bart Barber, correct, and lost, correct. Uh huh. Now, there's another player in all of this. He's Pastor Willie Rice. Mm. He, I think, was on the ticket in two the two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, running for president. I think so. Yes. Uh huh. And he was not on the side of Mike Stone, and now he's saying, "I endorse him." Right. Wow. Wow saying he's a man of conviction, et cetera. It's going to be interesting because I'm not an expert on the SBC. I, I know about as much as you probably read on the Internet. But Bart Barber, I think, has been doing a bang-up job. So that we're going to see there must be some differences there that would cause a man like Mike Stone to say, I got to throw my hat in the ring because it ain't being done the way I think it should be done. We're not going to see most of it. A lot of it gets done behind closed doors. A lot of it is determined long before it gets to the platform because of the way that the rules can be applied. But we should be watching this soap opera, praying that it doesn't end up like as the world turns. Please send a whatever you want to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, you're going to be watching it, right? Uh, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. This is just you bring the big stuff. For us, okay. watch for the big deals. All right, and and we'll 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 do our best to see where it's going. But we should be praying and we should be cheering for the SBC. All righty. Well, this next question uh, comes from Andrew, who says, "Todd, where or what is the balance between thankfulness for everything God has done through grace and mercy, and self-deprecating, beating myself up, feeling like I don't deserve anything nice?" Um, they're both correct. You hold those intention, but they're not really intention. Uh, it, one, of, one of them keeps you humble. The other one keeps you joyful. Don't either or it. This, this is a both and situation to be sure. We don't deserve anything, anything from the Lord. And he has lavishly blessed each of us so much. Even if you're struggling, you're still alive. You're still breathing. You're lungs are pumping and moving the oxygen through your heart. It gets pumped and it gets out to all of the cells that need it. And wow, he's doing all of that for you. And yet we recognize that we're unworthy of all of that and that we deserve nothing of that. 
and that we should be humble in that. So it makes us humble and grateful. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This comes from Clive. Uh, Todd, how do I address theological differences with my wife in a loving manner that upholds unity in our marriage and respects our shared faith? There's a lot of ways to do that because you don't want to compromise on your convictions. But at the same time, all of your convictions do not be, need to be accepted instantaneously. Be pastoral. If Now, th- this, by the way, goes whatever the gender is, husband, wife, wife, one of you is further down the road. And, and you maybe look at your spouse and you think, oh, they're not where they should be. And they need to, you're, you don't want to fight over this stuff. You want to shepherd even one another. And so teach, encourage, point out, don't fight. Don't fight over theology. Don't, don't do it. And, and, and by the way, if in your marriage it's, it's fighting is the regular form of communication when there's a disagreement, you might want to seek a referee. I gotta tell you, I've been watching Lou Priolo. This this guy, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. he's doing our Transform Couples TV series. One of the things that he does in biblical counseling is he coaches people how to talk to one another. So he'll literally he'll say to the husband, I want you to ask her how it makes you feel when you don't listen to her. And the guy goes, So what's the problem with hold it, hold it? That's you're you're being accusatory. You are actually seeking information. So let's try that again. How does it make you feel to and he, and he coaches them through that. So it's not like gang, 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 gang. And if that's the state of where, where you're currently at, you, you, you need to fix that. Sir, you need to lead that and you need to fix that. And you might need a referee to do that. Because as you talk about whatever the familial issues are, it, it, it shouldn't lead to acrimony. And when you're talking theology, especially with one in the marriage that is not as advanced as God has brought you, but don't, don't fight over it. Be patient. Be pastoral. And send stuff to idea at wretched.org. All right. This next question comes from Marie. Todd, should we prior, uh, prioritize obedience to pastors over other authorities such as parents, spouses, or magistrates? It depends on the issue. There are realms of authority. The pastor doesn't. Now, he can, if he wants to coach you on your diet, so be it. But unless there's a sin that you're committing with your food, um, he, he shouldn't be counting the calories for you. That's, that's just not his role. Um, how children tie their shoes is not determined by the pastor. He has spiritual authority. Now, can he enter into the familial realm? Yes, he can when somebody's sinning because that's a spiritual issue. If a dad is being abusive, he can jump in because he's sinning. But he can't jump in and tell dad, you know, I think it would be better if you actually did this instead of that. That's, that's not his role. That's up to family. The government has a role. It's a limited role, but it affects all of us. And the challenge, of course, is that we have three feet. We have a foot in each one of those realms. That's, that's what makes this conversation rather tricky. By the way, we did just post a video on that about how to figure out when the government is overstepping. How do we react to that? I think it's helpful because it deals with this subject, and I'm not endorsing Kuiper. I'm just saying there's realms of jurisdiction. So where do you put your pastor in that? If it's inside of the home and you're underneath your parents' roof and authority, you listen to your parents. Now, if they're commanding you to sin, 
and your pastor says, oops, that's going to be a sin. Well, then you listen to God. Your pastor's just bringing that word. And same ditto with government. And so, esteem your pastor and spiritual things. Submit to him. Submit to parents when it's appropriate. Submit to government when it's appropriate. And continue sending questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds, 54,000 babies were saved, 69 ultrasound machines were placed, 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, I have some news I'm about to share with you that quite possibly could knock you off your feet. We're blowing the doors completely off the Wretched Store. June 12th through the 18th, it is a discount galore. 20% off all books in the Wretched Store. It's like getting every fifth page for free. We're also slashing 33% off all of our video and audio resources, the physical ones that you hold in your hands. But wait, there's more. A jaw-dropping, eye-popping, crazy 50% off all things digital and streaming. And we haven't forgot about our gospel booklets. They are getting their prices trimmed too. Also, if your order tips the scales at $50 or more, we're going to throw in a free streaming of Road Trip to Truth Season 3. Folks, this sale is so big that it has its own zip code. It's the biggest sale we've ever had. It's even bigger than the time we ordered too many books and Todd almost had a panic attack. Make sure you take advantage of it June 12th through 18th at Wretched.org. That's the Wretched store at Wretched.org. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called a fragrant offering. In the Old Testament, God required burnt offerings of meat and incense as a pleasing aroma. These sacrifices foreshadowed Jesus, the perfect offering, 
that takes away the sins of the world. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Come on, you've got unlimited minutes. This is Wretched Radio. That's the number that you could call for free. Because you're already paying those monthly dues, why not call us at one eight seven seven two eight two beep? Leave questions, comments, conundrums, snarks. Try to keep it pithy. Ixnay on the airing sway, my pagan friends. One eight seven seven two eight two. Hi, I'm just calling to uh, check in on Todd's sunburn. I'm just, I'm very, very deeply concerned yeah. about his sunburn and how he's feeling. And since Jimmy seems entirely indifferent toward it, <laughs> I thought someone should check in with him. So, uh, Mr. Friel, I'm just calling to say I'm praying for you and I hope that your sunburn is feeling better now. Thank you. If she's teaching a class, I'm going. <laughs> I mean, because she- my insincerity, it is not even close to that level. I think that she- was... Academy Award right there, man. She, she just called you a big whiner. Did, I, did, I didn't think that she said that. Is that what, was that the point of all of that? I think so. And I'm just being a little... I, what, what, you know, maybe you just get older and your skin goes, no, you should have listened to your mother and put sunblock on. Because, man, in stove fry, I got sunburned just sitting... We've got our back deck is... Okay, so the back deck, it's got the house next to it. And and so obviously when the sun is behind it, we get shade there. And there's a bunch of trees that hang over it. There is about like a, a, a foot wide sliver where the sun can kind of like peek through, pass by at about high noon, sitting back there, fell asleep, woke up, red lobster. <laughs> what is going on? Thanks for your concern, madam. I really felt it. It was so encouraging. <laughs> One eight seven seven two eight two. Hey Todd, I have a question. What does the Bible say, if anything, about setting boundaries in relationships? Um, kind of like we hear a lot of, you know, oh, if someone's toxic, you have to set a boundary with yeah, them, or right. in a family relationship, setting healthy boundaries of what someone can and can't say. And I'm just wondering if the Bible says anything about that. You know, this is such a great reminder of the influence of the world. Because you know, the autonomous self, if anybody does anything that makes you feel uncomfortable, constricted in any way, you don't feel like you can live the way that you want to authentically live, then they are toxic. Ghost them. That's, that's the world taking it to an extreme. Having said that, we don't want to go to the opposite extreme. It doesn't matter how somebody acts. You still have to stay in a relationship with them. That is not biblical either. We can learn from the book of Acts. We see disagreements among brethren, and we see there was a temporary separation, but John Mark was separated for a bit. But then we see a reunion. There are just some times when two people, just one of them even can make the decision, it is not either wise, safe, or healthy to be in this relationship. Now, you probably want to get some wisdom from outsiders because, you know, you can take things maybe too personally, not personally enough. You could you could get some outside counsel on that. But there are times when you have to say, I'm sorry, I'd love to be in a relationship with you, but you keep lying. And I, we just don't have a foundation from which to operate. So on the day when you become more of a truth teller and you demonstrate that, 
um, I, w- I would love for you to win back my trust. But in the, in the meantime, I'm sorry. We just I, I, we can't be hanging like we used to or whatever it happens to be. Now, you live at home and you don't have the option to separate. Now, let me just state, if your parents are physically harming you, they are abusing you sexually. And I am sad to say that does happen. You call the police, you call 911 and you get out because you are being violated and physically abused and you need to get out of that. Now, what if they're just, let's use the vernacular of our current world, they're toxic. Yeah, well, they probably are. They, they probably are toxic by the world's definition because they're not going to affirm everything that you want them to give an affirmation to because they're your parents. That's their job. You don't want a pal. You want a parent. You want that. Now, you say they yell a lot. I'm sorry. I really am. I, I know it full well. I know what that sounds like. I know what it's like to live in that. I, I got it. But I would like to encourage you to recognize the opportunity that you have to grow massively, that, that, that you can actually become more godly by maintaining peace, calm, and still loving those parents that are just so acrimonious. So find your balance in this. The, the world is doing too much toxic ghosting. Everybody's toxic. Get away from me. Oh, you sent me a tweet that I didn't. I'm out of here. No, no, don't do that with everything. But there are indeed times when you can say, sorry, I can't be in this relationship. I think it should be stair-stepped. I can't help but think about the young couple. They've got a, the grandparents are really trouble. Talk to them. Hey, we got to talk about this because in our home, these, these are the rules of our home. This is, this is our domain. And we really need you to adhere to this and not do this with the kids. And then they do it again. Hey, mom and dad, we talked about this. I'm going to try to express this more urgently. It is imperative. Please don't do it anymore. Thank you. They keep doing it. Mom and dad, you know how we've talked about this twice? It's continuing. As, as the one who is charged to protect my children and train them up in the way that they should go, I've asked you now twice respectfully and politely to stop. And now I have to tell you that if it doesn't stop, you can't continue having access to my children. I don't want that. We don't want that. It would be a tremendous loss to our kids. Please honor our requests. Stair-step it. And if necessary, you might have to say, Mom and Dad, I'm sorry. We have just talked about this too many times. It does not appear that you are willing to abide by our wishes. I'm sorry. As the leader of this household, I'm charged to not let people do this to my children, including my parents. And by the way, if you're a parent and your kids are raising the grandkids a certain way that you don't agree with and they give you that rule, unless they are sinning against their kids somehow, we have to honor that, don't we? And we have to say, we will, because you no longer have that parental authority over them. They're foolish to not listen to you. But we have to honor that, too. Uh, Please send whatever to idea at wretched.org. But please let us hear your vocal intonations at 1-877-282. Mr. 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 Friel. Jimmy. 
Yes. I'm sensing more insincerity. <laughs> no. Is, is, is my insincerity meter wound a little too tight? <laughs> I have a conundrum. Uh, I recall a few weeks ago, you answered a question on Mailbag Friday that talked about a gentleman who uh, was struggling with fornication with his girlfriend. And This is so interesting. And I, on a, I welcome this. I, I'm actually anxious to hear what he has to say because I received a number of emails on this. You rightly told him to break up with her uh, because he is essentially abusing her. Uh, my question is, what about in the event of conception? Uh, does that change things? And if so, how? Okay, so here's, let me see. If, let, let, me, let me just paint it, sir. I hope this is in alignment with what you were thinking. A young man and a young woman are dating. They're professing Christians. And they sin and she gets pregnant Do I, because now he has not behaved like a godly man to be certain. Should he have to marry her, if I can phrase it that way? And the answer to that, I think, is absolutely because there's responsibilities for your actions. There's consequences. And you made that decision when you did that act. And you say, but wait a second, he was behaving like a lout. And he gets to marry her versus the kid looking at porn who's behaving like a lout. And he should say to her, I'm sorry, I'm not worthy of your hand. I'd love it if you'd wait for me for the next X number of months, the next year, the next 10 years, whatever you determine is best with your elders. I want to become the man that is worthy of your hand. I hope you'll wait for me, but I cannot keep you because I currently am not the man that you deserve. So it sounds uh, duplicity. And I think on the on the on the surface of it, it does appear it is contradictory. But there was an act that's different. The the intercourse was different than the pornography, and the consequence of it means resp the responsibility trumps it. Now, I would say that young man needs to submit to an awful lot of discipleship. He he got to man up fast. He's got to be held accountable in an extreme way. He needs to be one with a number of men who are in his grill constantly pulling him up as fast as possible uh, because the, of the consequence of a child. Because I think that that would trump the guy being disqualified if, than, than to not have a child with a father. So you don't agree with me, do you? That is fine. I'd love to. Look, these situations are messy. Please pray for your pastor. He deals with this stuff all the time. Disagree? one 282 beep And perhaps we'll hear your voice next week. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>